What up, everybody? It's your boy, B. Reed, co-host of the Two Smart Dummies and the When the Smoke Clears podcast, only found on the Two Smart Network, here to introduce you to our newest show, The Finance Doctor with Dr. Rowe. Dr. Rowe is one of my really good friends. I'm really excited about this show. He's one of the smartest brothers I know. He graduated from Grambling University with a Bachelor of Science in Business Management. He has a Master's of Business Administration with a concentration of Corporate Finance a doctorate of business administration with a concentration on finance. This show will focus on financial management and financial literacy. One of the goals of the Two Smart Network is not only to entertain everyone, but it's also to educate. And I believe this show fits right in with that. With that said, let's get right into the show. The Finance Doctor with Dr. Rowe. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dr. Clement Ogunyemi, the finance doctor, and I'm here today to talk about the black dollar declassified. There's been so much talk about keeping the dollar black, keeping money in the black community. So what does all this mean and where are people going with it? I'm glad you guys asked because I'm here to answer that question for you today. But before I get into that, there are two dates that I that just stuck out in my mind that, that, that occurred early in 2019. The first date is March 21st, 2019 wonder if anybody can can tell me what that date is. And I'll, I'll wait for a second to see, let you think about it, let you Google it for a second. Well, that second is up. March 21st, 2019 is Nike's Q3 earnings release. Most people didn't even know that. But I can guarantee you most people know this next date, May the 4th, 2019. That's the date that those Air Jordan 4 breads drop. A lot of people know that date, but they don't know how to be on the other end of that and be an owner of the company um, Nike. So here's a quick story about um, how people back at home in Grambling, Louisiana, a lot of people may know, may or may not have heard of Grambling, Louisiana. I'll give you a little story about people back at home in Grambling. So one of the things that, that astonished me when I went to buy some speakers one day, yes, I had beaten my trunk. Um, I went to buy some speakers one day and the guy that owned the shop told me, hey, don't y'all get refunds on September 14th? I said, hey, buddy, you're not in school. How do you know that? And the funnier part is every time there was refund day, he knew the exact date, the exact time. Why? Because everybody was at his shop. Now, while that's literally keeping the dollar black, it, it, it was a little bit misconstrued as to how to keep that dollar in the community, because most of these kids, most of these students we're taking out massive student loans so they can get these big refunds so they can go and buy some rims or buy some speakers rather than taking the proper steps to accumulate money, accumulate wealth, and then buy those things that they want. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with buying rims, buying speakers, because I love it. I love cars. I love rims. I love all that stuff, all the bells and whistles. However, there's a proper way to do it. So, I'm a numbers guy, so I like to look at statistics. So statistically speaking, African-American buying power surpasses one trillion dollars. You heard me correctly. One trillion dollars. I don't know that most people have ever even seen how many zeros are on one trillion, but African-American buying power surpasses one trillion dollars. If that was com converted to gross domestic product or GDP, African-Americans would be the 16th largest country in the world. 
one race of people would be bigger than most countries in the world. 16th to be exact. So why and how aren't black communities and black businesses flourishing? Why are they not thriving? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you guys asked. Here's some more numbers. Asian communities. The dollar circulates for one month on average. Jewish communities. That same figure, 20 days. White communities, 17 days. Hispanic communities, seven days. But when it comes to black communities, guess how long that dollar circulates within that community? Six hours. So that means two cents of every dollar goes to a black owned business within the black community. So that alarming number, as you can see, going from, you know, the dollar circulating for one month down to six hours, that is a huge discrepancy. You know, we're not even attempting to, to spend money at our own businesses, let alone build those businesses up. So here's some more figures. Asians keep a dollar in their community 120 times longer than African-Americans. 120. And I keep repeating these numbers because I really want them to stand out and drive home the point. You know, other communities are doing it. Other races are doing it. But African-Americans are not investing back into their communities. Now, because of these figures, it is almost impossible for us to be sustainable. We can't be sustainable for three main reasons. One, we don't understand how money works. Two, we don't invest back into our businesses and our communities. Prime example, Michael Jordan. You know, all of us love Michael Jordan. We loved him as a player. We love his apparel. We love his, his shoes. But I can't tell you the last time he did something for our community. Now, LeBron James, now, you know, I'm not going to debate the greatest player type thing, but LeBron James is giving back to his community right at home, you know, and he's building schools. He's making sure that these kids are educated. He's making sure that they have the tools that will sustain them throughout life. And number three, we have to drop the Uncle Tom mentality. A lot of people have heard of who Uncle Tom was, but for those who haven't, I'll touch on that a little bit later. So what is the true value of money? Number one, money gives us buying power. It allows us to buy the things that we want and allows us to buy the things that we need. More disposable income leads to increased spending. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to prioritize or budget correctly, but it does lead to more spending. I like to look at disposable income as, as this. Um, disposable income is you having the ability to dispose of your money to somebody else. That's how I look at it. Um, so what does money mean to me? You know, a lot of times we have to think about that. What is what is money to me? Is it everything? Do I consider money to be nothing? Is it objective? Can it be replaced? Does it give me social status for a lot of us in our community? Yes, we feel like, hey, I got more money. I got to show it off because now people don't think I'm poor anymore. Now people think, hey, this guy has achieved a status. He's rich. He's made it out of the hood where in reality, if in my example earlier, I could be in extreme debt because I chose to go into debt to try to prove to somebody that I have a social status that may not even be true. So in my research, I found that one definition of money is a measure of value, a measure of value. And that resonates with me because a lot of people apply value to money. How much I'm worth is how much I have in the bank rather than how much I can provide to my community, how much I can provide to those around me, and, you know, what impact I'm going to leave when I'm gone. 
their only measure of value is how much money they have in their pocket, not even how much money they have in the bank, not even their net worth. You know, and we'll talk about that in later podcasts, what your net worth is. But a lot of people, it's how much money I have in my pocket, how much I'm able to keep, how much how, how much I'm making every paycheck. So a lot of people like to look rich rather than being wealthy. You know, and there's a big difference. A lot of people get the two misconstrued. Rich, yeah, I can be rich because I make a lot of money. But am I wealthy? No. Wealth is defined by having enough assets to cover my monthly and daily and annual expenses. Do I have enough assets that are generating income to sustain me where I don't have to work? That's rich versus wealthy. And a lot of people would rather look rich than to be wealthy. Because if I'm focusing on what everyone else thinks, I'm buying all this these materialistic things when, you know, I'm spending all of my paycheck to buy a Louis bag rather than, you know, stacking my money now so I can afford a real one later. You know, I'm spending two, three hundred dollars on a fake bag, you know, rather than, hey, I'm going to accumulate some wealth and I'm going to let my assets and let my, my cash do the talking. Let my money go out there and buy the things that I want and need in life and, and keep it moving. And not worried about what other people think. I don't have to flaunt my stuff because I'm truly wealthy as opposed to trying to look rich. So what does the black community have to do? We, we have to invest back into ourselves. You have to invest in yourself. You have to learn how to invest in your business and how to invest in your community. So why aren't black business owners investing into their people? You know, in my opinion, your people are your biggest asset. So if I'm trying to accumulate assets and, you know, a lot of people think of when you, when you think of assets, you think of physical assets, you think of, Hey, I got a mutual fund. I got a rental home, but people are an asset too. Why am I not investing in my people to accumulate those assets so that those people are helping me to make more money. And I'm also sewing into them, making sure that they have the tools that they need, making sure that they are equipped to do their job effectively and even if they do move on guess what now i've taught them and i've created a pattern to where they're going to also give back they're going to also know how to sow into their people so why not set them up for success as well and i think we get too caught up in and well i don't want them now shine me i don't want them to be good enough to leave me not knowing that we're creating a, a vicious cycle that has to be broken rather than creating a trend that can can sustain itself and that can bring our community out of where it is. Because if we we have the buying power of one trillion dollars, there's no reason that our, our communities, there's no reason our black businesses should not be thriving. There's no reason our black businesses should not be, you know, at the at the 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 top, you know, of businesses. There's no reason that that shouldn't be what's occurring. So Buying assets and sowing into and investing in assets that are going to appreciate over time. And I reiterate, yes, people are an asset. And if I'm if I as a business owner decide to hire someone, guess what? Of course, I'm going to spend money to train them. Of course, I'm going to spend my time to make sure that they're equipped and that they're they're well equipped and they're, they're a great business person. So guess what? When they decide, hey, I'm good at this now. Now I want to branch off on my own. I should be the one to encourage them and make sure. Yes, you can do it. Yes, this is, these are the mistakes I made. You don't have to make those same mistakes because we have to realize we're all in this together. So outside of your people, investing your money in places that appreciate 
or, or another thing that black businesses are not doing effectively. Um, there, there's a such thing called managed funds, you know, and those are simple. That's probably the simplest investment you're going to get in the most the, the easiest to understand, the easiest to use because you don't have to do a lot of work. You give your money to a mutual fund manager. They charge a fee to the actual company and they manage the, the mutual fund for you. Um, they're not going to have any bad investments in the mutual fund simply because they're going to be moving those bad funds out and replacing them with good funds all the time. So at any given time, your mutual fund is going to appreciate over time. And being able to understand that and understand how simplistic it can be for you to multiply your money is is monumental. It, it, it will lead our community out of where we are and put us where we need to be. Another reason um, from my research that I found that black businesses are not thriving is because it takes money. It takes money to start a business. And I like to look at it as a three part process so first you got to save your money in order to get that business because a lot of us are splurging we're spending it and and like i said we're spending on things that we don't need and we don't believe in delayed gratification unfortunately you know delay that gratification till we can get the things that we need i don't need to go buy anything that's fake why not just wait delay that gratification save up my money until i can afford everything that i want and need including a business so save up enough to buy that business. Once you have that business, learn to invest, learn to invest that money and, and really reinvest in your business, reinvest in your brand until you can get to the point of sustainability where you have passive income. And there's a new term for us. Passive income is just what it sounds like. You don't have to work for it. You've worked on it long enough. You've built it to the point where it's sustainable. You're, you've invested that money and now you have passive income coming back to you, whether it's dividends, whether it's rental income, it's passive. You don't have to do anything but sit there and collect a check at home. Well, you got to go and cash that check to a deposit it, but you get the idea. You're just getting that check. You're at home and it's making money without you having to do anything. You can literally sit on your couch and make money. That's passive income. And that's how we get to a, a level of sustainability and a level of wealth that we can go and buy and we can go take vacations when we want to. You know, we don't have to go to work if we don't want to once we build up that passive income. But it takes those baby steps to get there. First, saving your money, being smart about it. Um, I'll tell you a little story about myself. When I was in college, you know, I was on scholarship, but I also worked. And a lot of people that know me know that I was super frugal. I still kind of am now. But I was real frugal back in college, so I didn't spend a lot of money. You know, I'd go work. I had all this scholarship money. And by the time I graduated, I had a lot of money in the bank because I said, hey, I need to save my money because I've seen what happens to our community. I see what a lot of other people are doing. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be 60 years old and still having to go work, you know, breaking my back 12 hours a day. By the time I'm 60, I want to be able to say, hey, I don't have to be here. If I don't want to come today or if you're treating me like crap, I don't have to come here today. So I saved up my money and I said, hey, I want to go buy a house. You know, I bought my first house or we were going through the process um, on my 21st birthday is when we were we closed the following week. So I told myself, hey, I know that there's money to be made in real estate. So let me buy a business. Let me go and invest in myself. So I said, you know, I don't want to pay rent. Let me go and stay in this house for a year. It's my senior year of college. And when I leave, I can rent it out. You know, and that was the big plan forever. You know, from the beginning, it was, hey, I don't want to pay someone else rent when I can own it, turn around and 
make money off of it. And now to this day, 2019, over 10 years later, I'm still getting a check from it. You know, I get a check every month at the, at the beginning of the month. I get a check for that house. Passive income. Because I took the necessary steps, I saved, I built the business, I went and got the limited liability so that, you know, if anything happened, God forbid, you know, they can't come after my personal assets. They can sue the business, but they can't come after my personal assets. I invested in myself, invested in the business, my own personal money. And now it's it's translated into passive income that will continue to grow and grow and grow. And then we start the process all over again where we're saving some of that money. We're buying other businesses or we're reinvesting in the business so that we can get more passive income and get to a level of wealth that, you know, other races and other communities are doing. So looking at the community, I, I always think of it this way. If you build the community, if you build the people, if they see you out there, they'll come to you. If nobody knows who you are, how are they going to come do business with you? If there's they're looking at you like, hey, this guy might be good at what he does, but he's from Ruston, Louisiana, and we don't ever see him in Ruston. So why would we trust him? You know, people in Ruston might might say that. Hey, yeah, you said you're from Ruston. Yeah, you say you do all this stuff. You do all this good. You're a good businessman. But what are you doing to give back to us? How are we benefiting from that? And. If you're building a community and the people and you're showing them that you truly care, the customers will come and they'll turn into repeat customers. They might even turn into employees. They might turn to business partners. But if they don't know who you are and if you're not doing anything that's good, any goodwill in your community, how will they know? Why would they want to work for you? So in that, I'll reiterate Michael Jordan. You know, I love Michael Jordan as a player, but. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw him. I can't tell you the first time I saw him on the forefront for anything, any of these social injustices, any causes, you know, anything. I can't tell you the last time, you know, and yes, we love him as a basketball player. Yes, we love his shoes. Like he's a cool, he seems like a cool guy, but is he really giving back to the community? Do I want to invest my money in him? No, I do not, you know, because my money is going straight to his pockets and he's not giving anything back to my people. He's not giving anything back to our people. He's not giving anything back to the community or at least not that we can see, you know, and, and it makes me reiterate that if you build the community, if you're front facing, if people know that you're doing good and some people like to work behind the scenes, but sometimes it is good to go out there and be on the forefront. If, if I see you giving back, then yeah, I'm like, okay, well he's a good guy. I don't mind spending you know, a bunch of money on his shoes to pad his pockets because I know that he's going to give it to a good cause. He's going to get into philanthropy. He's going to be on the forefront when social injustices occur. He's going to give back into my community. He's going to sow back into the youth of our community. So whenever we're paying him, he has to pay Nike. He does little for the community and we're giving him all our money, but we forget about the small businesses that do give back. We always forget about those, but we're we're ready when the new Jordans drop. We're ready to go and drop that two, three, four hundred dollars on a pair of shoes. But you got a plumber right down the street, a black plumber right down the street that you refuse to hire because, oh, I didn't you know, I don't know anybody that knows him or, oh, black people don't do business correctly. You know, we have to erase that stigma as well that black businesses don't function correctly. You'll never know if you don't give those people a shot. Because, again, you don't know how Michael Jordan runs his business. We don't see anything that he does, but yet we spend money with Nike. We spend money with him just because we like his shoe 
why not apply that to these small business owners that are just trying to make it they're just trying to feed their families and another thing we have to forget this uncle tom mentality uncle tom was a you know a um an old school trader, if you will. You know, Uncle Tom was the one brushing shoulders back in the day. He was the one brushing shoulders with with Massa, you know, and he was snitching on his buddies, you know, and he became known for that. He became known for, hey, old buddies over there, he's about to try and run away, or hey, they're about to do this, this, and that, or they're about to revolt against you instead of sticking with his people, you know, and it, it turned into a derogatory term you know where black people call other black people uncle tom's or you're a sellout or you sold us out we have to drop that mentality you know we have to understand that it's okay to share the knowledge you know it's, it's okay to not only be the to not be the token black person at your job it's okay to be you know a group of intelligent black people instead of yeah that's just one intelligent black dude because we want that that recognition as the only smart black person at our company we have to drop that uncle tom mentality we have to understand it's okay to support each other. It's okay to band together and grow. We're all in the same struggle together. Your money should be in good hands. When when you invest in a black business, whether you are the business owner, whether you're an investor, a partner, an employee, understand that your money's in good hands. We're all coming from the same place and we have to drop the Uncle Tom mentality. We can't you know, say, OK, oh, well, I'm going over there to work for a black person. I can cut corners because, you know, that's my bro. You know, that's my that's my dog. You know, no, we can't we can't think of it that way. We have to conduct business like business should be conducted. When I'm doing business, I don't see your color. All I see is green money. So I'm going to treat you the same as I treat the yellow person, the white person. I, if an alien came up to me and wanted to offer me some money for my services, I'm going to treat him the same way as I treat anybody else. Because at the end of the day, it's about doing business and it's about doing business correctly and understanding that just because it's a black business doesn't mean that it's going to be half, you know, half done or is, or that my money is not going to be in good hands or that my business isn't going to be in good hands. So I say all this to say it starts with education, you know, being knowledgeable, understanding what it means to keep the black dollar in the community what it means to buy black businesses, what it means as a black business owner to serve other black people, you know, what it means to serve your community as well. Because I'll reiterate, you don't if you're hiring me as a black business owner, I'm going to treat you just like I would treat any other client, you know, and it, it starts with that educational piece, understanding how to conduct business, because a lot of us don't know how, how to conduct business and seeking help when we don't know. Don't pretend like you know how to run a business if you've never run one. Go out there and seek help. Ask for help so you can do it correctly. Pay the right people. Pay an attorney to help you set up your business. Get the right people in place that aren't going to take advantage of you. And get that business run correctly so that you don't have to half do it. So that when you're going to these people, they can vouch for you as well and say, yeah, that's my guy. You know, he came and did X, Y, Z for me and he did an exceptional job. He did a great job, you know, not, oh, that black business owner. Oh, it's a black business. I don't want to do business with him. No, he's a business owner that just happens to be black in the black community that can also do a great job. And it also helps for businesses to be community oriented. Learn how to give back. Learn how to bring the people to you. Learn how to go to the people and, and really keep that dollar in the black community really sew back into your business, really sew back into your people and, and just get the community going and, and uplift one another. You've heard it from the finance doctor.
So in retrospect, in order for the black community to thrive, in order for us to truly keep the dollar black, we have to understand how money works and how to make more of it. Number two, we have to invest back into our businesses, invest back into our people and invest back into our communities. And number three, drop the Uncle Tom mentality. We have to know how to band together and we have to know how to grow together because without one another, you know, we're, we're nothing. We're nothing. And so we have to know how we're going to be together, how we're going to make our communities better and how we're going to grow our communities and thus grow our businesses. Well, that's it for this episode of the Black Dollar Declassified with your boy, the finance doctor, only on the Too Smart Network. You can catch me on Instagram at Dr. Clement O. That's D-R-C-L-E-M-E-N-T-O. I'm out.